This is Housebound. I'm Chris. I'm Holly. I'm Ashlyn. I'm Greg. And you're invited. Welcome to Housebound, a podcast we made because we needed company. We talk about things that are on our mind, and today we're talking about memory. Slash remembering things. Slash our past. Anyways, um, (laughs) so... Wait, what are we talking about? Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe to start us off, I would just ask the question, how well do you think your memory is on a scale of one to uh, two-time spelling bee champion? Where would you put yourself? What is the gradation of this scale? Uh, like one to ten. <laughs> okay. Uh, three. Three? Nice. Okay. Ashlyn, where do you put yourself? Oh, man, I think I'd probably like if five is average, I think I'd give myself like a 5.5. 5.5. Okay, Chris. If five is average in the sense of what the average person uses or chooses to use of their memory, but like seven is more like what we all could achieve fairly easily. <laughs> I feel like I'm at like, I feel like I'm at a nine. But that's, that nine is that nine wow. is pretty close to savant level in Greg's original gradation. So if we're going with Ashlyn's five being the baseline of like what the j- average person is, I would say that my memory sits around a six and a half seven, seven. I, if i go higher i feel like i'm being too yeah. proud yeah <laughs> but i also but, but i have this conversation with holly all the time i don't i don't personally believe that people utilize uh their brain as much as they can and i'm not talking about like sci-fi movie yes yeah. where you use only 10 percent of your brain and you take a pill and it makes you use 90 and you're mm-hmm. invincible i just mean like i feel as though we have the capacity for so much more and I just choose to use that capacity as much as possible. So I don't think yeah. I'm better than anybody. I just think that I push to use more of it okay. uh, and because it benefits me. And so, yeah, yeah, that's my explanation for such a large number. Sweet. Yeah, I think if for for myself, if five is kind of like the passing grade of average, I'd probably be around like, yeah, like a three or a four. Yeah, maybe I'm within Holly's camp with a three. So I think like, it dip- like poorer than average memory. That that's what you guys are saying that you have. Yeah, right. Yeah, really. Yeah, I th- I think that it depends on what kind of memory you're talking exactly. about. Oh, like, okay. like I based my number off of do I remember my past, my personal memories from childhood and growing up, and like zero yeah. percent of the time yeah. because I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I just don't care to remember. Well, but like, yeah, but yeah. But then the question is, what about stuff that you actually care about, care to remember? Stuff that I actually care about is generally like facts about random science things, which I can remember the general ideas of. I don't always remember every single detail. So that's pretty average, I think. But if we're talking about like. (laughs) for instance when chris was saying that he's really good at memory i thought of three different examples where we differed on what 
actually happened and <laughs> had to have an argument about it because it's like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so in those situations, I think I'm really good at memory. Uh, but yeah, I think it depends on what kind you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we're going to have a little quiz here to test oh. our memory of 2020. Oh, no. Yeah. Of 2020. Yay. That's world yeah. events. Is that not, world events? No, it's not. It's not necessarily world events. Also, 2020 was like five years long, so that's not fair. Ex- yeah. yeah <laughs> it's forever. All right. So I'll, I'll maybe just go. How many questions do I got here? I have six questions, so we'll have two for each person. I feel that's better than just having one person dominate, but by answering the quickest. Okay. I don't know. Sure. I think. I feel that's okay. So we're just going to go alphabetically down the list. So do we have a control group for this experiment? Is this double blind? (laughs) (laughs) No control group. No double blind. Uh, (laughs) This is bad science. Okay, so we're going to take this information with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you can't answer it, then we'll we'll open it up to the rest of the people and see if we can answer all these together. If our hive mind memory is better than our single mind. Okay, Ashlyn, what film took home the most awards in last year's Oscars? <laughs> uh, did we watch last year's Oscars? We did. Yeah, let's ask people the least likely to be able to answer the question, <laughs> yeah. that particular question. We watched it all together uh, at Chris and Holly's. I'll help you in the sense that it was last February. So this was before uh, lockdown. Um, I don't know. Oh, this is when we finangled your app on your phone I think to so. stream yeah. the TV because the cable wasn't yeah. working. That was a bump. Yeah, okay, that was a mess. Oh, Chris is remembering. Uh, <laughs> but he's remembering the tech issues, not yes. the actual <laughs> question. The things I'm passionate about. Okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I remember which film won Best Picture, and generally, the films that win Best Picture win the most awards. I, in my mind. So I'm going to go with Parasite. That is the one that took home the most awards Whoa, last year. Yeah! Well done. Very good. Good job. I was about to say The Shape of Water, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think was from last year. Mm-hmm. That was the only Oscar movie I could even think of. So well done. Yeah. Good job, Ashlyn. <laughs> Way to go. All right. Ding, 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 ding. All right. So now we're next. We're Chris. Which invasive and dangerous creature was spotted for the first time stateside in Washington State? I don't know what the technical term. That's fine. You don't need to know the technical term. But it was, uh, uh, what is murder hornets for $1,000? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well done. Ding, 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 ding. Great job. Uh, Yes, it it was the murder hornets. And I even didn't write down the technical name. So there you go. You're good. You you had the exact (laughs) same answer that I did. Everything that happened of significance originally happened in like the first quarter. Like I feel real bad for Q1 2020. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Holly, here's your question. What is the name of the short form TV show app that hit and quickly departed during 2020? And there's a couple bonus questions here. So I don't understand the question. <laughs> okay. So what what is the name of an app that was launched um, in 2020 and quickly departed? This app was essentially like uh, uh, an episodic short form TV episodes were released on this app. I don't know. 
I have zero idea. I don't even remember hearing about this. Ooh, okay. Okay, we'll open it up to the floor. What do we got? Quibby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris gave a Q sign. Yeah, so what Quibi. What is that? Like, you just told me what it is, but I don't, I don't even remember. You were like, seeing know a the name thousand even. ads for it? Holly doesn't do social media. I am media, not so. on the internet. <laughs> okay, we'll open up this bonus question. What What month did it? Did it debut? Which month do you guys think it debuted? I want to say April. Yeah, I'm also thinking April. That is hands down correct. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it was April. <laughs> it was in April. Okay, I'll, I'll just explain what the app was used, what, what the purpose of the app was for, was so that people could have a short form episode to listen to during uh, times where they just needed something short to watch. So like on a commute or waiting in line. Uh, the bonus question would be, why do you think this was not a success? <laughs> and why was it poor to launch it in April of 2020? Sorry, did people put up their own content of episodes? No. Is that what no. it was? It was actually oh, like okay. like they had like professional, like like Kevin Hart had a had a series on it. Um, there was uh, the guy who played Goblin in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and who was also in Chronicle, that actor. Um, he was, he was, had a show on it. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think like the, the technical answer to why it didn't do well was a lot of the reason was because you had to watch it on the app. There was no like desktop version of it, obviously. And you could watch it horizontal or vertical, I think. Yeah. But it would like crop off part of the image for you if you did it one way versus the other. Mm -hmm. It was like very, very niche and and there was a whole bunch of technical reasons as to why it didn't do well. But it te- it actually didn't do well because there were no lines to wait in in April. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody no was home. went anywhere or did anything. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny. Yeah. So that it would was... have been such a good idea for everyone. Like Latin- yep. 2019, they would have done great. Yeah. Poor Quibi. Yeah, poor Quibi. So it was short-lived. Um... I even had it for a bit because they were doing like a free trial or whatever. So I watched through a couple shows. It was nice. But yeah, it was just like it it just. Yeah, it was poorly timed. All right. Yeah. Ashlyn, question number two. Which comedy show put out its season finale in January? Oh, um, this January or January 2020? We're thinking January 2020, right? It's 2020. Yep. I, I think I know what this is, but I'm not totally confident. Is it The Good Place? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well done. Oh, you're talking like series finale, not yeah. just season finale. Oh, yeah. sorry. I should have said that. Series finale. Yes. I was I was like, there could be a million. There could be a million. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that was a poorly worded question, but Ashlyn still got it right. <laughs> Nicely done. She knew what you were talking about. Yep. All right, Chris. Yeah. What was the name uh, of the song that celebrity sang to bring hope at the start of the pandemic by stringing together recordings of themselves? Oh. oh I remember this happening. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it being just like a hot mess. Yeah, Everybody they were all in different keys. keys. Yeah. <laughs> in my mind, I'm I'm hearing, I don't know what the name of the song is, but part of the verse or chorus, the lines of the song are something about along the lines of imagine all the people. And then uh, 
I don't, I, I can't, I don't know. It's like the thing that I always attribute to like UNICEF commercials or, <laughs> or like ch- children, children in need commercials. Like, is, is that the song? Like, cause that's the only one that I have in my I head. Think I think so. Let me look up the lyrics. And then, and then, and then it goes, uh, like living for today or something like that. Yeah. yeah. You don't know what the title of that song that's, is? I'm sure. Oh we man. Do. It's, uh, can can I take a wild stab and assume that the title is Imagine All the People or you something? You totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is the right song. Yep, yep. Oh, thank goodness. Yep, yep. <laughs> and you pretty much have it right. You just have to shorten what you're saying to one word. Imagine. It's just called Imagine. Ding, okay, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Nice, good job. Oh, wow. Well done. You may have to take out my ding, 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 dings if they're really harsh <laughs> on the ears or like oh. dampen them quite a bit. So. Here, here, do one version of it where you're back from the mic. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you know what? I'll just use a variation of all the dings Sounds before and after each question. <laughs> just put them together as a choir like they do on TikTok. Ding, 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 ding. ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is that copywritten? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's see. So last one, Holly, what was the name of the show that, unlike Quibi, was a hit at the start of the pandemic? It was the show that everyone was watching. And a bonus question is, what was the name of its main character? I know who you're I will, about. I will also help by saying it's, it's, uh, it's a nonfiction show, like a documentary style. I don't know, some murder thing. Something about some <laughs> There is potential murder in it. Uh, and there was someone who Tiger was crazy. Tiger King was that? Oh, was that ding, the... ding, 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 ding. Yes, okay. Tiger King. Whoa, wait a minute. That was 2020? Like, yeah. it didn't come out earlier than 2020? Uh, I don't know if it... I, I was just saying it became a hit in 2020. Oh, yeah. It's because when everybody Holy had time smokes. to watch it, I guess. Yep. I'm pretty sure Cause... it came out in 2020. Yeah, yeah I'm, it probably did, so... Uh, anyways, that was such but, a long year. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, anybody know the name of the main character? No. No? Ashlyn? Tiger. The tiger. No. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> First name was Joe. Joe Exotic. Yes. Boom. His name is Joe Exotic? Yeah. So, I don't. I don't want to know. Never Let's mind. <laughs> I don't have real it. questions about this show. <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, so, yeah, that's those are my questions. A lot of stuff happened in 2020. It was a long year and a lot of weird. How, how many times did California catch on fire? It's still uh, on fire. <laughs> and they had fire tornadoes. Wow. You want to talk about was... whether climate change is happening? Fire tornadoes no. started in 2020. <laughs> 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 And that's why I don't oh, judge my own mental health right now. Because <laughs> there's fire tornadoes. <laughs> yeah, they're a real thing. It's insanity. <laughs> moving, moving away from the trivia of this year. What was your, what's your guys' earliest memory that you can actually remember of your life? If you think back. Mine might be fake. Cool. <laughs> but uh, the earliest thing that I remember was being... Uh, I don't know, like two. And we had a cat named Cricket. And she was striped gray and black, kind of. And uh, I wanted to pull her tail. 
And I remember my mother being like, do not pull the cat's tail. And then I pulled the tail anyway, and she scratched me from the right top of my face to the bottom left of my face. Wow. And there's a picture of that scratch, and it's really ridiculous, which is why it might be fake. Like, mm. maybe the maybe I made up the story yeah. around the picture. But um, that's always what I've thought my earliest memory was, because yeah. I... I have a vivid scene of doing that in the porch and like what the porch used to look like and yeah, all of that. Good times. Trauma. Trauma, Trauma. is my first memory. <laughs> 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 I always think that uh, the feeling that causes you to um, save a, a certain memory forever is the feeling of embarrassment naturally no. <laughs> <laughs> so i i am not totally sure if this is my earliest memory there might be something earlier sticking around but what came to my mind um was up until halfway through grade one i think um me and my family lived in a small town and my dad was a pastor there at this small church um and i remember he had a sermon illustration about how, I, I, I don't exactly remember what it was, but there are some things that you do in life where it's easy to do them and it's hard to undo them. <laughs> you can't just like undo something. And so his sermon illustration was squeezing toothpaste out of a toothpaste tube. So you can squeeze oh, yeah. it out, but you can't really put it back in. Like it, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. Um, and I, he called me up to do the sermon illustration and to squeeze out toothpaste. And I knew that, I think what he meant was squeeze out a little bit. And I think what I did was squeeze out like the whole tube everywhere. And I just remember, I don't think he did this intentionally at all, but I just remember him being like, don't squeeze out the whole tube. Cause this was our toothpaste or whatever. Yeah. And I, because I was at the front of the church and everything, I just remember feeling so embarrassed. of like, oh, I wasted this tube of toothpaste. He just meant me to squeeze out a little and I squeezed out the whole lot. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what I remember is just feeling embarrassed that I had wasted three quarters of a tube of toothpaste. As you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I've always been a saver and not a spender. <laughs> just trauma. Yeah. About toothpaste, though. <laughs> I have several. I can't decide if they're actual memories or if they were just like moments of emotion or something significant moments that either I saw a photo of and like Holly did attributed a story to it or I guess it could be considered a memory but all I have is like the feeling of what was going on just because I was way too young and so if I think past all of those to my first like constructed memory I believe there are are a few around the time that I was learning to ride uh, a bike for the first time. And I distinctly remember just flashes of my dad tightening or loosening the training wheels. Like I, I feel as though I remember him putting them on and I feel as though I remember him taking them off later on. And, and I definitely remember coasting up and down the driveway on, on the bike, learning how to learning how to ride it. And there is a photo of me on the driveway 
with my bike and my helmet and mm-hmm. my sister beside me uh, with her training wheels on her bike, or maybe she had like a tricycle or something like that at that time. And, and so these are, again, these are all like tangible items that I grew up around and might've just attributed photos to a memory that I thought I remembered, but like, that's, those are the, probably some of the earliest ones. And I don't even know how old I would have been because I wouldn't Mm. have been in kindergarten yet, I don't think. So maybe I would have been four years old. Maybe that's too young to ride a bike. Like, I don't know. Are you a fellow creative and you're asking yourself, where did they get that absolutely banging intro music for their podcast? Because you want some for your own project? Well, we found it on Soundstripe a royalty-free music licensing site with thousands of songs and updates to that library nearly each week. Even better than their high-quality content is their sound effects and stock video libraries that they've just added. And better still, you can get 10% off your first subscription when you use our coupon code HOUSEBOUND10. That's HOUSEBOUND10. That's it. Check out all that Soundstripe has to offer today by heading to soundstripe.com or clicking the link in the description. Happy creating! So we essentially have trauma from getting scratched by pets, uh, embarrassment from being in front of the church, and potentially fear and trepidation of riding a bike for the first time. Maybe. I don't know. Um, or excitement. Or yeah. excitement. Yeah. Because uh, my my early memory is definitely one of more of the excitement. Um, and I can actually pinpoint exactly where it was, who I was with, and what day like what the date was um and it wasn't because anything traumatic (laughs) happened usually those are the times where you're like okay i know that date um (laughs) but this this was actually may 26 1996 well that's because it's your birthday that's why you know the date that's it is my birthday (laughs) yes so i remember being in the back seat of my uh, my grandparents, so my mom's parents, back of their car, um, and we were driving to the uh, trailer or house where we were headed, and um, they, uh, one of them, turned back and asked me, "Hey, do you know what day it is?" And then, and then I don't, I don't remember Mark in this thing, so I don't know <laughs> if he answered beside me or if it was just me, but I was like. Um, it's my birthday. And then they were like, and how old are you turning? And I was like, three. And so, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, the reason why I remember this was because when I was like five or six, somebody, I think we were talking about like remembering things. And I was like, oh man, what's my earliest memory? And then I thought back to it back then. And I was like, Kate, I'm going to have to like make sure I remember this. So that anytime I'm asked what is my earliest memory, I now have my earliest memory already, <laughs> I have an already answer for this question. in the box. Yeah. So yeah. So Fair enough. there Fair you enough. go. Yeah. So uh that was my earliest memory. Is it the same thing for you guys where if you like either uh there's like a distinct smell or or um or there's like a song that you're listening to that kind of like throws you back into a memory as well? You guys ever have that happen? Yeah, that happens for any time. Like, I just thought about it just now about roast beef, and my mouth is already watering, like, uncontrollably. <laughs> like, I'm going to I'm gonna swallow now. 
because I just remember the smell of roast beef whenever my mom would make roast beef when I was a kid and you would we would walk in the door from school and she would already be starting to cook it or something and uh and then that smell would be in the house and it was just roast beef it wasn't like like I don't I don't know how to say it like it was it was good food but it wasn't like the world's best roast beef or anything it was just roast beef there's nothing significant about it other than that one food for some reason makes me whenever I smell it or if I walk into my parents' house and they happen to be cooking something and I immediately get that burst of nostalgia and uh, and then my mouth starts watering and then and then my mind starts going. But then there's also CDs that I listen to at different eras mm-hmm. of my life. And so mm-hmm. I can, can attribute literally an entire CD or a few albums from a band with, oh, that was the summer that that this was happening because I listened to this CD repeatedly that summer and that's that's the summer I got the CD. And so then that's the summer that's attributed with that music in my mind. And if I ever hear that song again, I'm taken back to then. So mm-hmm. I have that. I listened to the entire, or I listened to the same Cutlass album when it came out, when I was reading the entire Artemis Fowl series. Mm. And so that Cutlass album is forever connected to Artemis Fowl. Nice. So if I hear one of those songs, I'm like, oh, Holly the Elf or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah, quite fun. Cool. Wh- which Cutlass album? Do you remember the name? Nope. But if any of the songs came up. Was it Sea of Faces? Yeah. That was. Was it? Yep. Nice. Cool. <laughs> great album. That doesn't it remind great. me. Of- that doesn't remind me of Artemis Fowl, but that does remind me of Making Pancakes because that's the album I listened to whilst making supper for my brothers. <laughs> that was my supper was pancakes. So That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. No. Cool. What about you, Ashlyn? I don't know. I think there's definitely songs or albums that take me back to a certain time when they came out. But um, I think the greatest one um, that I get most recently is uh, I've previously worked at both uh, Dutch Growers and Wilson's Greenhouses. Um, mm. And they have a specific, each of them has a specific scent of like dirt and pollen. But the smell of dirt and pollen is slightly different at Dutch Growers than at Wilson's. And for some reason, like occasionally I'll be outside and I'll get just the right whiff of dirt and pollen and I'll be able to say like, oh, that smells like Wilson's. Whereas a different one will be like, oh, that one's Dutch Growers. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. interesting. Yeah. Our vehicle when I was in high school had uh, a CD drive and it stopped working for some reason and like you couldn't put CDs in it. So we mm-hmm. only had the first 10th Avenue North album um, yes. <laughs> that could be played for the longest time. And so anytime we were driving anywhere, that was that was usually what it was um, that was playing. So which and thankfully it was a really good album and you could listen to it over <laughs> and over again. And yeah. I never got bored of it. So uh, that definitely brings me back to like high school days. And actually, I think when we got took in our vehicle um, to the mechanic shop, he had it playing while he was like fixing the car and stuff. And uh, he was like, oh, man, this this music's so good. So when we were eventually <laughs> able to like actually get it out of the CD drive, uh, we we actually ended up giving him that album and then just buying another one for ourselves. So, That's yeah, fun. But uh, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so now we kind of enter more into the I guess 
the part of the episode where I was just more curious in terms of what what are your guys' experiences with memory, whether it be like memorizing stuff in school or um, remembering media like books and stuff or quoting movies, uh, like that kind of thing. But like what what are some of the things that strike you on the topic of memory? I think I always think about memory as something that's really fleeting mm. um, when they talk about people who witnessed a crime or something like that and how unreliable mm. those those eyewitness accounts are usually or the studies that I've read that are about um you show a group of people or two different groups of people the same video and one of the groups of people you have a plant in there that says oh but did you guys see this that happened in the video and because they are just so confident about it, everybody else is like, oh, yeah, I did see that. And and it's not because they are lying to, like, look good in front of everybody else. They actually create that memory into that video and then are surprised when they're showing the video back and it's not there. And then the other group of people doesn't remember it because it wasn't there and that idea wasn't planted. And so... I think it's really interesting the way that the brain works because memory can be incepted for mm-hmm. lack lack of better term. So I I think one of the reasons that I don't value my own memory or being very good at remembering things um is because I don't really trust it anyway so it's not (laughs) it's not reliable enough to be a good source of information yeah it's interesting that community can kind of influence your memory of 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 different things and yeah just how that yeah it is so malleable and changeable so Mm -hmm. definitely well and and usually now like if we're talking about like eyewitness stuff um usually now it's like if uh if you can show a video of it to the court then it's like then it's true but now with like all of this new uh like deep fake stuff that's going on like did you hear about the latest tom cruise tiktok thing that happened not the latest thing now so he there there was like uh, a TikTok of Tom Cruise, like doing a magic trick and then going golfing and, you know, all this stuff. And it was actually like some studio that like actually does like special effects types things. Um, and they hired like a Tom Cruise impersonator to like mm. help bring about the mannerisms and stuff. So and just like that idea that even even memory that's recorded down can be changed and adapted so it just makes it so much trickier to be like this is actually what happened you know so yeah which is which is scary ashton or chris i know that people's memories do change um but i i think it like my perspective on it is different depending on what you're using that memory for you -hmm. know i think some people your memory of a certain event might not be accurate but it still might be have a lot of truth in it because it's combining mm-hmm. different things that you were seeing and experiencing and feeling at the time and kind of putting those together into a memory even if the actual like your how you remember that instance might not be accurate there's still a lot of true information that's mm-hmm. hidden into there i remember um i shared my testimony at a uh, 
a friend's church and my mom got the recording of it. And so she talked to me afterwards and she was like, I really like what you said, but not all of it was accurate. And I was like, how, how would this not be accurate? And so she mentioned a couple moments of things that I said where it's not like I was lying or anything, but I was combining different bits of information and different emotions mm. that I had and creating an event that didn't happen. Like I, I said when I had shared my testimony that I remembered going to school and then being rushed off after school to go visit both my grandma and my dad in the hospital. And that never mm. happened because my dad was never in the hospital at the same time that I was at school. Um, oh. And so I, I technically, that would never would have happened, but it's not like that memory is false. It's just that my brain is combining this like stressful time where I remember really being really busy and the two of them were at the hospital at the same time. So I would remember being pushed around and grandma was in the hospital at the same time as I was at school. So I was just combining different mm -hmm. events together. Um, so I think when it comes to memories, there's probably, there's a lot of truth hidden in those, even if they're not necessarily accurate in terms of sequence of events. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the interesting thing about stories, you know, like, like before things were written down and recorded, like people used to just tell stories around the campfire and, you know, um, used to pass. That's how they kind of passed down their history and, you know, what, how things happened. And, um, and yeah, it's uh, very much like their testimonies, right. Of what, what they had seen or what they had heard. And, um, I think sometimes, especially like in our culture, we feel that like, in order for things to be true, they have to be like a hundred percent. This is exactly how everything happened rather than like this story helps like evoke a truth of what actually, you know, and yeah, combining events and like merging things together and maybe changing the order, the s sequence of what, how things happened. Like, for example, like if you tell the story of like Holly and Chris, you guys, like how um, you and Chris met, right. It, with that, it would be, I'm assuming you would probably, you know, Holly, you'd have one thing to say. And then Chris, what you would have another thing to say. And maybe you wouldn't exactly remember those sequence of events, like exactly in the order, but how you remember that is true. You know, same thing for, um, uh, yeah, I guess any kind of story. So yeah, it's just interesting how you remember events and what, what qualifies as being accurate, you know, and what qualifies as actually just being true and also people don't just want to listen to you ramble for a bunch like even just me answering or like replying to what Ashton's saying I'm going off on a bunch of trails and stuff and I could have just compacted a bunch of those thoughts into a few short sentences and that would have been way more helpful and effective did I do that no uh, instead you have like the the chain of events of how you know how I thought so I I can see I can see how that's yeah super helpful anyways I'm going to stop talking Chris do you have any comments I think that I utilize memory as a, I'm not sure what the right word is, but as like a purely strategic, uh, I guess it's not purely strategic. Like I do, uh, I can quote things from media that, you know, remember lyrics to a song or, or characters in a book or the script from a movie or something that happened in a TV show because I am passionate or interested in that. But 
outside of those things, I feel as though I use memory so that it, to put it bluntly, so that it gets me what I want. So uh, an example of this would be if at work, me and the boss decide we're going to do something a certain way, we will talk about it. I will ask probably more questions than I need to just to guarantee that I understand the information correctly. And then three weeks later, when something comes up that contradicts what we had discussed, I go into my memory, I pull out that conversation, and I go, look, why aren't we doing it the way that we discussed? And usually there's some version of, uh, no, we never committed to that, or no, we never really decided on that. And then to which my response is, well, then why have I been doing it that way since we last talked? You know, like there's obviously a reason that we're doing it. And, And I feel as though being able to pull out that information and say, no, this is what we actually like. This is basically word for word what we said. Um, that gives me the advantage in the conversation. Again, this sounds this sounds like not terribly kind or sensitive, but just to put it bluntly, it 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 allows me to have the confidence in me having been doing the things the way that I've been doing them because I hate to look like an idiot and I also hate to be doing something for no reason. And so if I have knowledge or memory of instructions given, then I can use that to my benefit. And I can, hopefully I can convince people to continue the way that we've been doing it. Because usually we've arrived at a decision that is beneficial for all of us. Like it's, it's a system that I understand and it's an organizational standard that they want to have going forward. And so why wouldn't we just continue with that? You know, like that's, I find myself using memory quite a bit in that fashion. Uh, I do have memories of like childhood events and significant events, but being in the uh, event documentation industry, e.g. photo and video industry, I have come to appreciate the importance of having things captured for you. Because as much as you think that you're going to remember something very significant, like a wedding day or a birthday or a gathering, it's incredibly easy to get like a week or a month away from that event and forget most of it. And mm. that's disappointing, especially when it's a significant day. So mm. um, that that's a very interesting thing that I've come to appreciate and like acknowledge that there's one thing to like memorizing like information. And then there's another thing to have memories Like, I feel like memories and memorization could be separate, um, even though they both kind of like work off of the somewhat of the same base. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure that somebody that's a neuroscientist, (laughs) if they ever do listen to this, will be like, ah, it's because they light up different hemispheres of the brain. And it's because you're engaging this and not using that for different emotional responses, depending on the situation. And so I will... Look forward to hearing from that person so that we can (laughs) dive into it further uh, in a future episode, maybe. But um, yeah, so I I guess I started off by claiming that it was all one or the other. But now that I'm talking about it and thinking about it, it's it's pretty intertwined. It's just depending on like what we said at the beginning, what is passionate for you in that moment. And if the passion is 
the event, maybe that's what you're going to remember. And if the passion is the knowledge, then maybe that's what you're going to remember. Mm-hmm. As as you were talking about your workplace, I couldn't help but ha- come up with a question of when it comes to capturing like a wedding moment, like with a camera, yeah. um, would you say that you are uh, creating a false memory with how you edit the photo after it's done and then present it to them? Like if you color the photo. Yeah, if you color it, if you take out like here, we'll take out this, you know, these the I don't a trash can or something. Trash from the can, things like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. That's 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 interesting. Uh, I think my gut response would be like, yeah, you're editing the photo. So you're mm-hmm. editing, you're creating something or you're editing something that wasn't there to be there or vice versa. Right. Um, but you don't, you guys don't market yourself says we create on truth. There is a very big drive in the photo and video industry to, and this is every, we, we at work hate this phrase, but like to capture authentically, like, what does that even mean? Like it's, it's such an overused phrase, although everybody wants it. They want, they want authentic real unposed photos of themselves or videos of themselves. Well, it's really hard to do that. That's It's hard to do that because people aren't actually as awesome as they think they are, <laughs> whether that's in like appearance yeah. or actions or whatever. Yeah, yes, for sure. So correct. You want somebody to want to pay you for these photos. <laughs> yeah. They're not yeah. perfect models. <laughs> and so, and so the easiest way to do that is this, get them to act naturally and pretend you're not there, which is incredibly hard uh, to get people to do. And then you just kind of shoot and and film around them. And, and at a wedding, it's very interesting because you're not capturing stuff really from their perspective. A lot of the day you're capturing stuff from what would be like the audience's perspective. And so you're giving them the memories that everybody else could be sharing in. Mm. And there might be some intimate moments that only they would have seen from each other, which in that case, then it is memories from their point of view. Uh, But typically, we're not standing up behind the bride with the camera, right? Just as about they're leaning in for the kiss. And then they like bomb (laughs) the lens, you know, and so that's why you have longer lenses, you can stand further back and still try to get that same angle. So it's yeah, it's very interesting. I don't see it so much as faking memories um but i do i do recognize that when you like take a lamp post or a garbage can or some random person in the background out of the shot sure that's editing but we're not adjusting like we're not deleting half of the family because for whatever reason like we're not doctoring these images you know yeah. we're just we're we're tweaking them coloring them a little bit and you know put it, pulling the focus to what is the main important part of that memory I guess well and that's interesting too because you're deciding what you think the most important like feeling of that memory is because that's generally for a wedding anyway how you would want to edit you want a long lens to capture the kiss because you want it to feel intimate because they feel intimate but maybe they just felt awkward and embarrassed to be kissing in front of people but we're going to tell them that they loved it. And so they're going to love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's yeah. Anyways, it's, it's just an interesting, interesting thing to think about. Um, yeah, for sure. Man. But what what a story that would be. Uh, just imagine the plot of a, uh, a wedding photo editor who anytime he edits out something from the photo, it like 
takes it out of the past, like of the out of that scene. Anyways, it wasn't there. It, it wasn't there. Reality. Ever. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. That's Greg's just an next idea. fantasy novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just things start, you know, disappearing. And anyways, it, it's yeah. it's based cool. loosely on the life of Christopher Remple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. Well, um, I, I might end it with just uh, with just a final story. As a kid, I distinctly remember a time when I was in my backyard and I saw a deer come into the, that and it, and it and it came into the backyard. It looked at me. I looked at it. And then it just bounded off and hopped over the fence and away it went. And I went to go tell my brothers that I had seen this deer and that we had had this moment and they heard me tell this story and they said, that is not true. That <laughs> cannot be true. You imagine that. And, uh, uh, and I, I distinctly though, remember seeing this deer and we, we weren't living in a house that was super far from the outskirts of town. And when I look back to that time, I'm like, that definitely could have happened, but it just seemed like too fantastical for my brothers to possibly believe that it had happened. So anyways, it's just an interesting story that that just I I def definitely remember being super excited and like wanting to share that excitement with my brothers and them just being like, no, not true. Not at all. Shut That's down. Very, uh, very lowbrow gaslighting. Yeah, <laughs> very lowbrow. <laughs> but I still held true to it. So um, and I still remember that deer. We had that Shut moment down. staring into each other's eyes. And that was probably like the most uh, man in nature moment of my entire life. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, on that note, we'll, <laughs> we'll sign off. If you guys want to connect with us, the Housebound podcast, feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear your memories of your childhood or songs or smells or things that kind of like throw you back to the past or um, your experiences. Or times when your siblings gaslit you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so feel free to, yeah, email us. You can reach out to us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. 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 Oh, good grief. Why am I not remembering? <laughs> Anyways, it's like it's like when I did it and I had to try seven times here. And it's almost you know as if we rated ourselves lower on the memory scale than Chris and Ashlyn did. Yeah. You know what? Let's let's have a seven do this part. Hey, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Seven. Seven. Go ahead. You feel free to finish <laughs> us off. Where where do we go from here? Where should they reach out to us? They're Mr. All 6.5 right, well. to seven. <laughs> <laughs> We do frequent Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find snippets of our episodes every other week when we don't release a full-length episode on Facebook and Twitter. And you can reach out to us at thehousebound.podcast at gmail.com. Anchor.fm slash housebound is where we publish all of our podcasts, but they are also available on most every podcasting site. And if you give a listen and you like what you hear, Feel free to rate us on that site. That would be super appreciated. I don't think that there's much else that we say. Cool. I mean, you're the one with the memory, so. Uh... That's true. <laughs> I know I won the quiz, though. Ashlyn, is there anything else that we should say? <laughs> <laughs>